You're listening to End of the Line on WRIR 97.3 FM Richmond. End of the Line is an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. I'm Whitney Whiting. And I think youth, especially peers my age, are born and raised into this like idea that they should hate where they live. When I was younger, I talked all the time about getting my diploma and then leaving and never coming back. And then as I've grown older, and I've found like these communities of people full of their culture and their music and the food, community is what makes me want to stay. But I can't stay because I don't, I can't work. I can't sustain myself. As we near the end of season two of End of the Line, we're going to hear from new voices, some of the youngest voices we've heard from in the series. I recently sat down with Faith, Mabel, and Becca, high school students from three different counties in the so-called state of West Virginia. We were joined in our discussion by two of their adult mentors. Alice teaches classes about Appalachian history and economy at a place called High Rocks, a summer camp that caters to young girls and queer youth. We talked about the two nearly identical 42-inch fracked gas pipelines that are coming through their counties, the Mountain Valley and Atlantic Coast Pipeline, why they want to fight the pipelines, and how extractive industry has shaped their counties and their lives. They introduced themselves by telling me where home is for them. My name is Rebecca Odell, and home really isn't a place for me. It's like the people that I, that make me feel comfortable and at home. So like I feel more at home in Hillsboro than I do in Nicholas County where I am currently living. My name is Faith Johnson, and I live in southern Pocahontas County in Hillsboro. And um, home for me is definitely Hillsboro and the community that is Pocahontas County and Square Dances. And our ridiculously funny newspaper (laughs) that covers, like, lost chickens and stuff like that. My name is Mabel Moon, and home for me is northern Greenbrier County, but I spend most of my time in Hillsboro, even though recently I moved to Lewisburg, which I don't find as comforting as the mountains of home. Mabel started us off by telling us why fighting the Mountain Valley and Atlantic Coast pipelines are so important to her. When the pipeline comes through, it must cross rivers, which means water will be hurt. The water is going to be poisoned. And the way I grew up, I lived off the grid in a house powered by hydroelectricity, drinking from the mountain springs. And so water is very much part of my life. Water is my life. And then of course, summer spent swimming in the rivers all around are a big part of my childhood. So if this pipeline came through and messed up the rivers, then my life would be messed up as well, would be poisoned. So I think the connection to the water is really one of the big factors in why I feel so passionate in fighting this. I think eight bodies of water come out of Pocahontas County. The Greenbrier River starts in the upper end of Pocahontas County Mm -hmm. and all the the headwaters 
Yeah. Which is where the pipeline is going through is the yeah. upper end. Right of the at county. the beginning right. of the headwaters, which so if it leaked then it would be affecting everything downstream. And everything downstream is like every aspect of our life. I first found out about the pipeline many years before there was any, you know, construction or anything happening to build it by like the signs you see in Monroe County, no pipelines and the bumper stickers. After years of seeing pipeline signs and stickers in her county, Mabel got the opportunity to visit West Virginia legislators on Kids and Families Day through her exposure to the High Rocks program and she asked her legislator if there was anything she could do to stop the pipeline. And he, the, my legislator basically just said, no, you can't, we're just gonna tax it. That's all we can do. And I totally was like, that, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so you mean the bills from years before have had zero effect? And he was like, basically. So I felt really like powerless. Becca Odell lives in Nicholas County, where the MVP has its start. According to Becca, she's the only person in her county who doesn't want to see the pipeline come through. But for her, it's more complicated than just being against the pipeline. But like, my family has been like working for the pipeline and like, I don't like it. So I just like cut them out of my life for like until they're like done with the pipeline. And then after that, I might talk to them, but like, I don't agree with what they're doing. And like, so like family that I love are like destroying the earth that I love. So it's like a battle between like, do I go with my family or go with my beliefs against the pipeline? In my county, I can't talk about like the pipeline or anything or how I'm against it. Cause I will get like shut down immediately. And then like my mom will like yell at me or something. But like, I don't know, the family that does work for the pipeline, I still love them, but like they're destroying things that like I don't agree with, so. I don't know what to say to them. Does the pipeline come close to where you live? Yeah, it's where I'm moving to is going through my backyard. So um, my brother has like a bunch of mental issues and stuff. And like whenever he comes home from school, he like really enjoys going out into the woods and like playing and stuff. But like where the pipeline's going through my backyard, he's not allowed to go near it. So he has to stay inside most times and he like really hates it. And I feel really bad for him because I like can't help him that much. Mm. Like I'm going against the pipeline because like I feel like it's not the right thing to do. And he doesn't understand that like I'm trying to stop it, but I know that I'm trying to stop it for him. I think what's the most intimidating, especially for Pocahontas County, is that the pipeline is becoming the norm. Mm. It's becoming like... Uh, a job that you can rely on and we we talked about it in our um, Appalachian economic class but what I really didn't comprehend that well is um, and I finally like realized is that the pipeline is a short-term job and not a long-term job and I think that even though it's a short-term job people in our county still need money and you know a wage to live on so it's a notion that we've heard before over the last six months, especially from those taking direct action in Appalachia, that you can't blame the pipeline workers. Faith thinks that the pipeline company is targeting Pocahontas County unfairly, because historically, and even now, 
It's a county of poverty. The only other options we really have are working for the state or working for tourism. So it makes me very upset. We're, we're being taken advantage of in that way. Mabel has also noticed side effects of the normalization. She thinks that by allowing it to become the norm, they're losing people. It's become the norm for me to get run off the road by these trucks from Texas and Utah. Yeah. I think the metaphor of a snake is very good, but I think it's a, like a quiet snake that's like creeped into our lives and we didn't realize it. And now everyone feels like it's too late and if you can't beat them, join them. And Do you feel like your schools like encourage you guys to like think about the pipeline or criticize it or like express your opinions about it at all? Like, is that... No. No. My school doesn't accept opinion like if you speak your opinion in my school then like you're immediately going to get shut down and then you're going to like have to go talk to the principal about like respecting people's ear space and wow. not speaking your opinion in the school and went to your outside of school why do you think that is controversy in the schools mm-hmm. and like if you're for the pipeline or against the pipeline then they'll they don't want like the conflict to happen but like it needs to happen so that mm-hmm. we can get something done about it Though they're silenced in their schools, places like High Rocks have given these young people a way to meet other folks who want to talk about things that matter to them, things that have shaped their world for decades. Extractive industry, coal, lumber, pipelines, but also things like teacher strikes and struggles for a different kind of economy. Well, what do you guys, so like everybody that's in your high school or, you know, that's your age like has access to social media but not everyone is an activist or not everyone like even cares about these things so what do you think it is that like has led you down this journey of of like giving crap about what's happening to your state or what's happening to your world I should say I think it's just the way that we were raised and also the program High Rocks mm-hmm. by being a part of that and being connected from to people like if I wasn't in High Rocks I wouldn't know anything about Nicholas County, about like consolidation or the pipeline going through there, I wouldn't know nothing and I wouldn't be as emotionally involved in Pocahontas County. Mm-hmm. I'd be here in Lewisburg living my life as another one of these. All <laughs> 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 your neighbors can hear you from here. <laughs> yeah, but I think being a part of Hyrax has also connected me with Alice and <laughs> I'm so thankful that I met Alice. <laughs> me too. Oh, I think I met you guys too. So I have been teaching like off and on for a few years since like 2014. Um, and the class, I teach two different classes, but the class that I just most recently taught was about like Appalachian economy. Um, and part of it for me is like my background as like an organizer is more so in like the labor movement and union organizing and I like also have been getting more involved like since I was in college in environmental justice work um, and I think it's really important like when we're thinking about Nicholas County when we like to recognize that like people that are taking jobs for the pipeline and want to get jobs are not like the perpetrators of this violence that's happening to the land, they're like the victims of this extractive economy and this capitalist system um, that is like targeted Appalachia as a site for extraction and resource colonialism. And I think 
part of what we were trying to figure out in our class together as a collective group of young people is like, okay, so if we had the agency to rebuild the economy the way that we wanted to see it in a place where we live in the mountains, what would it look like? And like, what is an extractive economy? And what is like a solidarity economy? And what are cooperatives? And like, what are examples around the world of people like building up means of survival that exists outside of these systems that are so oppressive to people here? If you're just tuning in, you're catching End of the Line, an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Appalachia and beyond. I'm Whitney Whiting. This is part one of a conversation with a small set of friends, Mabel, Faith, and Becca, three girls from three different counties in the so-called state of West Virginia whose lives are directly impacted by the Mountain Valley and Atlantic Coast pipelines. Well, I think one of the most important parts of Alice's class was learning the definition, or one of the definitions of economy, which is taking care of home. And I don't think any of us ever could visualize that. Mm. And it really changed what we thought of economy and how it functions and our part in economy. Mm -hmm. And that comes from the Greek roots of the words, uh, like, eco and nomos, which is, like, to manage a home. Like, ecology is, like, the study of life, you know, or the study of home. Hearing economy defined in this way was new for me as well. Alice observed to Becca that her county, Nicholas County, is largely dependent on the coal industry, whereas other counties like Faith and Mabel's are much more agricultural. Do you feel like those industries have, like, influenced your schools or your education systems? Um, yeah, a lot of, in my county, like, if you're from Richwood, then you're going into lumber. And if you're from anywhere other than Richwood, you're going into coal. And if you, like, cross that boundary, then people get, like, kind of weirded out about it. Like, we have a lot of boundaries in my county that's, like... Like, in the school system, if you're, like, you have money, you hang out with the people that have money. If you don't have money, you hang out with people that don't have money. So, like, mm-hmm. crossing those boundaries is, like, really strange for, like, our county. And whenever you do, mm-hmm. people get upset about it. And, like, people from Somersville, where I live, usually go into, like, business, coal, or fast food. And mm-hmm. if you don't, then people get weirded out and they don't really know what to think about you. And I feel like that, like that's what I want to do is like not go into any of those. Another thing that came up in our conversation is something they referred to as the struggle to stay. That's, that's probably the biggest issue we have right. in Appalachia. For, I mean, for youth at least. Because the, the lack of jobs and opportunities and a lot of Youth that leave come back later in life. That's a very common right. yeah. story. There's this quote that I love. You spend half your life running from the mountains and the other half trying to get back. That's very true. And I feel like that just sets my story. Especially already. for young people who are trying to go to college, mm-hmm. it's impossible <laughs> in West Virginia. If you want to go out of state, um, you're stuck. And I think that's why a lot of young people feel like they're stuck, because we are stuck. In Nicholas County, most of our residents are like, they came back to West Virginia to die. Like, that's 
they moved away for their lifespan and now they're coming back in their last years to die where they were raised. And like, I feel like that's, whenever I was younger, like even like last year, I was thinking, I'm still kind of thinking like going out of state is like my only option because to do what I want to do, I don't really have the resources here to sustain myself while trying to accomplish my goals. So like I understand why they left and now they're coming back because like it's a beautiful place and like to die here is just like coming back to your roots. What is it that you want to do? I want to be a um, surgeon, but like around here, being a surgeon is like you get a lot of money, but like to find somewhere where you aren't, I don't know, in like Nichols County, like I go out of state to go to the doctor. Just because, like, my parents don't trust West Virginia doctors. So, like, that's how I feel. Like, I have to be out of state for people to trust me. Because, mm -hmm. like, if I have a education in West Virginia, people are, will think it's not good enough. And I think youth, especially, like, peers my age, are, are born and raised into this, like, idea that they should hate where they live. Because I think that's a very, very big, like, common thought. Like, mm -hmm. youth, I, I mean, I love my community, but I know many, many, many people who don't. Mm -hmm. Which makes you feel like you don't need to stop, like, this pipeline from coming through. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because you already have that hate toward it, so yeah. and you're, why should you care if it is messed up more? And you're leaving as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. Why do people feel that hate, or where does that hate come from? I think the lack of... Just the lack of everything. And... It's complicated. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's complicated. A lot of young people just don't have anything to hold on to here. Especially in Pocahontas County. Working for the state can be very corrupt sometimes, and I think having those, like, victimizing experiences really can affect a person. And feeling like your family has lived here all your life, and you don't want to be here anymore, and you're stuck. And our other friend from Nicholas County said that a really really interesting point that I like never never realized that was true was that she'd never seen or been exposed to a healthy economy mm. and it's I've been thinking about that a lot recently because mm -hmm. it's true so what about the question that Alice and her class tried to come at together if not an extractive economy then what kind of economies would they like to see in their communities instead? What it needs to be extracted from. So like, what would you want to see, you know? In the extremes. I mean, my dream would be to have my county be like a solidarity economy, you know, with mutual aid and cooperatives. Can we, can we make the world a solidarity economy? Can you explain what you mean by that? People helping people. I think would change the way we look at each other because we are all in competition in each other when we're in like a capitalist society. If we all 
we're looking out for the well-being of each other, then I feel like we could grow the economy while also making sure the land is safe as well. What do y'all think you want to do when we're older? What are some dreams that you have? Well, before I found these, like these communities of like youth, like High Rocks, and then like the Stay Project, and y'all, I was like, I'm out, don't want to stay. But I found these people, and they're like they're so beautiful, and they're so strong, and they're they're currently living in Appalachia, trying to make Appalachia better. Mm-hmm. And I want to like be one of those people. Yeah. I think <laughs> no matter how much of an identity crisis I have, I think I'll always be an Appalachian woman before anything else. And it'll probably stay that way forever. I don't know what I'm going to do, but like, if I could stay in West Virginia, I definitely would. But if I do have to leave, I think I'll definitely come back later in life. Mabel and I went to Appalachian Studies Conference one year and we were listening to a poet read his poem and he said something that really stuck with me for a long time even now he said um something about like if you're driving down the road and you close your eyes and you keep driving like you still know where you are on the road because you haven't memorized so well like when i'm on the bus on to school i can close my eyes for a very long time and i know what turn i'm on and i know where i'm at all the time Faith and Mabel both agree that a sense of place and community is what gives them the motivation and ability to resist. A lot of my actions I do, I say, is this selfish or is this altruistic? And I think being a part of a community is the latter because when you're, when you're like in the moment and you just feel like the love of the people around you, and you know they appreciate you even if they don't say it. I think that's one thing I'm always searching for. Just that unsaid appreciation, that unsaid love. And I think we find a lot of that here in Appalachia. Community in Appalachia is what keeps us together. It's what, when we look at nationwide publicity, it's like we know we're not a hillbilly elegy. Mm-hmm. We know what's right. And I don't think there's not much of a motive to prove that, that that's wrong because I feel we want to keep it a secret in a way just for us mm-hmm. to enjoy. When you have both your love of community and your love of place, I think those are both factors. Mm-hmm. It's what gives us the backbone to resist, I think, mm-hmm. our connection to the land. One of the mentors we mentioned earlier in the episode chose to mostly listen to what the girls had to say, but he offered some reflections toward the end of our conversation. I don't know. I, I think it's really rad that y'all have like come together and, like, made community like in the face of you not having that Becca that's I respect that like where I'm from is very much pro-industry too and like 
I just can't live there because of that. It's just, like, not going to feed me as a person. And, like, you did the work to, like, find community that feeds you. And for young people that may listen to this podcast, like, what do y'all want to say to them? Like, what do you love about home? But, like, what do you want to say to kids that, you know, haven't been able to go to High Rocks or, like, look at the Appalachians against pipelines, Twitter feed or something. And are like, feel super alone. Like, please help us stay in Appalachia. <laughs> yeah. Should they call you or? <laughs> well, uh, we don't really have service in Pocahontas. So. <laughs> Figure something out. <laughs> but yeah, just basically like on top of what you love about home, it's like, how how do we convey and I know the internet does a better job than ever before but how do we convey to people that like they're not alone in Nicholas County you know or other places that aren't Monroe County or aren't like have these blooms of resistance like just howl them to the moon and we'll hear you <laughs> sounds good to me <laughs> don't be afraid to reach really? out because that was my biggest thing uh-huh. I was afraid I was going to get shut down, but we always need more people, you know, more resistance. Pocahontas County is way cooler than you think. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cool people. Staying isn't your only option. Mm-hmm. Leaving Nicholas County helped me find, like, who I am and, like, what I <clears throat> really want to do. So, like, Nicholas County people need to learn that like staying in West Virginia is an option but leaving Nichols County is also an option mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to go out and make your own home where you were born where you live that doesn't have to be your home home is where you are with people you love in places you love just don't be afraid <laughs> <laughs> More to come in the next episode of End of the Line. End of the Line is produced by Whitney Whiting, with help from friends and listeners, both new and old, across central Appalachia, Virginia, and beyond. Catch all episodes at pipelinepodcast.org. Special thanks for this episode goes to Alice and John, and Becca, Faith, and Mabel. Music by Restroy. Find the full EP at milkfactoryproductions.bandcamp.com. Additional music by Lobo Marino. Find them on lobomarinomusic.com. This is our second-to-last episode for Season 2. Be on the lookout for new ways to support End of the Line by visiting us on Facebook or Instagram or on pipelinepodcast.org. We're going to keep sharing stories from the front lines of these particular pipeline struggles in the hopes that all pipeline fighters will be inspired to stay and to keep fighting from where they stand.